Well, happy Friday, everybody. Pastor Steve here. Thank you so very much for joining me for this devotion. We are in the fifth chapter of the book of Esther. And while you're opening your Bible there, I just want to share with everyone that uh, this Sunday evening at 5 p.m. in our worship center, during our leadership rally, you're going to hear a very important, very powerful story from a friend of mine. She's a, a member of First Baptist Church in Charleston, South Carolina. She's an attorney. And hers is a story of sexual abuse when she was young and what that did to her. But also a story of God's grace, how God is blessing her. It's a story you need to hear. Because unless you have been very, very close to the issue of sexual abuse, um, you don't understand it and its impact on people. You may think you do, but you can't. None of us can if we haven't been close to it in some way. And so we want to be a church that's healthy. We want to be a church that loves and cares and understands. And it's hard for us to love and care for victims of sexual abuse if we don't have any real understanding of what they are dealing with and the understanding of, of how even our individual responses, not just the church institutional response, but our individual responses impact the victims of sexual abuse. So I urge you, I'm pleading with you, be here this Sunday evening at 5 p.m. in our worship center so you can hear her story. You won't forget it. All right, today, Esther chapter 5. And it's interesting to me, as, as we're reading this book, uh, it's well written. I mean, it's one of the better written books in the New Testament from just a, you know, um, uh, a, a, a perspective of someone who's a good author, a good writer, a good storyteller, if you will. And it's almost like each chapter in this book could be one episode of a multi-week mini-series, a, a drama, if you will, because this drama is unfolding chapter after chapter, and it's like each chapter could be just a one story per week, and it's, it's just fascinating. And what stands out to me in chapter 5 as I read this, and these chapters are short, is, is how Haman's, who was you know the architect of the edict to destroy all of the Jewish people, in the Persian Empire, how Haman, despite all of his success, because he's very successful, he's wealthy, he's, he's prominent in the government, and yet despite all that success, he is guided by his pride, his anger, um, his bruised ego, if you will, his hurt feelings. They are so strong and they dominate him and influence his thinking and his decision-making. Look at what the Bible tells us in verses 9 to 14. Uh, this is after a time with uh, the king and uh, Queen Esther. Verse 9, Then Haman went out that day glad and pleased of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate outside the palace, and that he did not stand up or tremble before him, didn't bow, stand, you know, pay homage to Haman, that Haman was filled with 
anger against Mordecai. Verse 10, Haman controlled himself. He didn't react in the moment. However, he went to his house and sent for his friends and his wife. Verse 11, then Haman recounted to them the glory of his riches and the number of his sons and every instance where the king had magnified him and how he had promoted him. The king had promoted him above the princes and servants of the king. In other words, he's, I'm this and I'm that and I've succeeded here and I've accomplished that and I'm this person and that Mordecai doesn't respect me the way he should for all of my accomplishments and prestige and so on and so on. Verse 12, Haman also said, even Esther the queen, let no one but me come with the king to the banquet she had prepared. Boy, I'm somebody. I'm special. And tomorrow, also, I, I am invited by her with the king. Yet all of this does not satisfy me. Every time I see Mordecai, the Jew, sitting at the king's gate, he said, I've got all this success and privilege, but that Mordecai gets under my skin, and it doesn't matter how well off I am, mm, that gets me when I see that guy in the way he doesn't, he doesn't bow down to me like everybody else. And in verse 14, his wife and his friend said to him, have a gallows 50 cubits high made, and in the morning ask the king to have Mordecai hanged on it. Then go joyfully with the king to the banquet. And the advice pleased Haman, so he had the gallows made or built. Wow, a couple of things about this man and about us is that when we live out of, respond out of, react out of, when we struggle with pride and hurt feelings and bruised ego and 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 all of those kind of things, those emotions are powerful, and they can blind us to reality. They can blind us to the to the to the nonsensical way we're thinking and reacting. They can they can they can blind us to what is actually happening so that we can't see what's actually happening. All we can see is what we feel and what we think. Can't see clearly. It's like we got blinders on. You know, uh, uh, I love watching the Kentucky Derby every, every May and those horses with those blinders on so that they will focus on the track straight ahead. It's like we're living with blinders on, and all we see is our anger, our hurt feelings, our bruised ego, our pride, and because we can't see all around, we're blind to what's really going on. That was Haman. Um. And if we're not careful, we end up building the very gallows on which we end up hanging ourselves. As you will see later in this book, Haman died by hanging on the very gallows he had built to hang Mordecai. And when we live with those blinders, those emotional blinders, we end up hanging ourselves. So when we're emotional, 
whatever the reason, bruised ego and hurt feeling, whatever, when we're emotional, be very careful. Be patient. Pray and fast. Give it time and let God clear your vision, heal your wounds, and help you think straight before you get hung by your own words or your own actions or your own attitude or your own decisions. We need clarity and we need wisdom. And emotions get in the way of both of those. Just a cautious word of warning from the fifth chapter of the book of Esther. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning with a word from God. Bring somebody with you. God bless you.